I woke up not quite on the wrong side of the bed. Felt groggy for a while, even after a coffee, and couldn't focus. I was like, I don't want to do anything. So I decided that I would go for a walk with the goal that I would go get a coffee so I could at least motivate myself to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, isn't the coffee shop immediately downstairs? Like that's a, that's a, no, that place maybe... is closed. Oh, which okay. Is maybe good. Cause I, so I, I ended up walking on, on campus. Oh, okay. Which is yeah. nicer to walk in anywhere, yeah. but yeah. Gave me time to, to ponder and process my thoughts. And just a second, are you, are, am I recording you telling me that you're about to become a Buddhist monk and you're going to go on a meditation retreat for the next six and a half years? Well, is that what's going to happen? I don't know if I'll go to a meditation retreat. I don't think it was, uh. it was that insightful or life changing. <laughs> I think it was good to get me in the right mindset. Got it. Sometimes it's nice to think about things without being actually physically sat in front of the computer. Yeah. Gives you the chance to maybe explore some ideas and whatnot. On this one project, there's lots of like separate pieces that I'm not quite sure how they're going to fit together, but I also got my coffee. So that was, that was nice too. <laughs> so what was your epiphany then? It was just kind of, I did some coding in my mind. Oh, mind coding. And I was like, you know, I started out <laughs> with like some problems and how, how, how these things should work together. And through, through the walk, I was able to mostly, mostly figure it out or at least uh, like, you know, general solution. So now I have to do real coding with my hands, but the mind coding has been done. But is that the end of the story? You just did mind coding and now you're going to do finger coding? I think it was. I, I also think it's, <laughs> I was it's, hoping for something really quite a bit more profound than that. Okay. Well, <laughs> as I was walking, I saw a single snowflake fall. <laughs> I noticed it's, it's precise, perfect crystalline structure. This is how your story goes in reality. <laughs> I went for a rock. I, I went for a walk, thought about some stuff to do. I'm going to do that stuff. Caleb discovers things humans have been doing for thousands of years. And it's like, how, why is no one doing this? <laughs> this is such a good idea. Oh. Welcome back to the Robot Factory, a podcast where we record ourselves trying to build some software to get it acquired. Or more usually, not really recording anything because we're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, as always, Jonathan Powers. And with and me... As Other usual. Host. Well, as usually as we can, Caleb Sharp. <laughs> this feels like we have no interest in being here whatsoever. <laughs> I'm your other host, Caleb Sharp. <laughs> well, well I can share I can share a few updates. Okay, okay. Um so I was talking with someone yesterday who said, Have you recorded any podcasts in the last couple of months? And I felt like that's a bit of a jab, but he gen <laughs> genuinely doesn't, he doesn't like, subscribe. Like pass, passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't subscribe. He's like, I only, I only know about it through the email newsletter. And I thought, oh, well, shoot, I have not emailed out on the newsletter uh, in, in many, many weeks. So I need to do that because for him alone. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> hi, Nick. Um <laughs> he's the only way he knows about uh, new new content. The other thing is we the newsletter that I use is I use ConvertKit, um, which is kind of pricey. It's like $30 a month or something. They don't have a free tier, but I hate, ugh, I just don't like MailChimp. It's such a pain to use. 
there's so much there's so much cruft in the user interface. I know they've made it, they've improved it lately, um, but I don't like it. So I'm trying to find something new. I think I'm going to use Substack. Do you do you subscribe to any Substack Substacks? I think they're called Substacks. I don't subscribe to. Isn't it? It's not quite like Medium, but isn't it a similar thing? I'd say, yeah, maybe in that they have a like a network and there's a discovery mechanism built into Substack so you can discover other people's content. And some of the people that are on it really like, you know, uh, really like the platform because it, it sort of surfaces um, interesting content and so they, they grow their audience um, through Substack's algorithm or whatever. Um, but it's also, I think, I think it's... It was originally meant for maybe journalists or writers or something to to be able to provide monetized content. So it's really easy to just charge money for people to subscribe, um, which is cool. I'd, like we're not going to do that for ours, um, but they have a free tier. Um, so I might save twenty or thirty, whatever the twenty or thirty dollars a month that we're paying, and switch to Substack. How, how does this fit in with like the other? What is it? Transistor, which we use for actually publishing the podcast. Yeah, it it doesn't really connect at all. So the newsletter is just, um, so if you subscribe to the podcast, you do that with whatever podcast player you have. I use Overcast on the iPhone. Um, lots of people subscribe through. Um, oh shoot, what is what is the big music platform? Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> lots of people subscribe through Spotify. Um, I think there's some people that listen on like Google podcasts or something. Um, so whatever your podcast player, uh, you just subscribe to the feed. And then whenever a new podcast episode comes out, your podcast player just automatically downloads that. And then the newsletter is something completely different. Just you could subscribe to the newsletter and not subscribe to the podcast and vice versa. I think there's a pretty significant overlap to audience listeners of this podcast and that newsletter, the robot factory newsletter. This episode will come out probably just before holiday season. So I want to I want to get your thoughts on some ideas that I have then. <laughs> okay. That are kind of related to what we're doing for the holiday season. So every year we try to come up with really fun um uh very high effort gifts <laughs> to give to clients. Last year we made uh we made puzzles for our big like our big clients. Um, so you and I, well, you you rendered a robot, this toy. Was it a toy? I can't remember what it was. It was a toy um, retro style robot. Yeah, yeah, like an old, old toy. Yeah, made a three D model of it. Yeah, and we put it in. We put it in. We just found some stock imagery on like Upsplash or wherever, and um, you would pose the robot in in whatever position I kind of wanted it, and then we would uh, put it into the into the photo. Um, so we had one, uh, we have, we, we do some work with cattle, uh, with, sorry, we do some work with ranchers. Um, so we, we made one with a, a field with a cow and then this, I think the robot was like reaching out to pet it. And then we made, um, for our digital health client, uh, we made this scene, which looks like the point of view of somebody being operated on and these four surgeons plus a robot looking down at them and we turned them into puzzles and then we sent them off and it was a lot of work because you were doing some modeling and like some weird rendering and I was doing some photo editing and trying to order all this stuff um anyways it was super fun this year uh, we're a little bit behind (laughs) 
because normally we we'll, would we'll have done all this, um, but for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure why, we're kind of late getting to it. Um, but this year, uh, one of the things we're doing is using AI to generate art to put on our greeting cards. And so I've been having a ton of fun <laughs> generating images of like uh, Santa if it was a samurai or um, what else did I do? I did a cute, cute reindeer in the style of Pixar. Um, I did a schematic of a giant robot, um, a Lego model of a robot and some people in snow. That one's kind of weird. AI is a little funny. Oh, I did a cyborg Santa. Um, That one's scary looking. Anyway, so I've been, I've been building these, um, building these images, having a ton of fun with it. And also in the back of my mind, thinking of like different, different uh, little tiny little business ideas. So one of the ideas that I have is uh, like back to the puzzle thing is to just, I mean, I guess this isn't really a business. It's just like generate an image with AI and then send you a puzzle, but you could just even do it less, yourself. less of a business now that we don't have to manually make the art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but it would be cool. Like I want I, some of these, some of the images that I made are neat and I kind of want to do them as a puzzle. And I wondered if, ah, oh, if we just like hook this all up together and just made it really easy for someone to just buy a puzzle of some, something they made. But I think, I guess that means they have to be uh, AI prompt engineers. So maybe that's not a very good idea. I don't know. <laughs> I think AI prompt engineers is giving people way too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's type. hard though it's hard like i know it's not a ton of work but you gotta know how to do it in order for it to get in order to get good results and then and then you gotta figure out you gotta know how to take it and feed it back into the ai to have it do other things like you can do some outpainting. like if you come up with a good image how do you use that image that ai is generated to generate different versions of that image or um like extended you know if you wanted to make this like really cool long um panoramic or something I basically all my ideas are versions of that <laughs> AI generated puzzles, AI generated full print t-shirts, <laughs> uh, AI generated t-shirts should be, it should just be random AI art that no one sees until they actually get the shirt. Well, that's, that was what I was maybe thinking is that you have to buy before you see what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can do some cool stuff. Like you can generate uh, like psychedelic patterns and things like that. That would be, you know, it wouldn't be like, oh, this, this, <laughs> I wanted a picture of a Santa and you rendered me this awful, like four-eyed monster. I don't want to wear that. Um, but if we generated, you know, patterns or, uh, I don't know if we can generate repeating patterns, like, a uh, like seamless tiles. I don't know if we can do that or not. Mm-hmm. That's my idea. <laughs> One of my ideas. <laughs> we should use it to generate a logo. There's a there's a super cool plugin that is invite only at the moment because it's just launched, um, magician.design. It's a plugin for Figma. Uh, Figma is the design tool that we use, and it can generate AI icons. And hmm. you just tell it, give it a prompt, and it generates an icon for you, which is pretty neat. Hmm. Um, I've requested access. I don't have access to it yet, so I haven't tried it out. Uh, but it's it's super neat. feels slightly unnecessary given how many icons exist yeah there are a lot of icons but i often often like run into situations where 
there isn't an icon for the thing I'm trying to express. Mm. Um, and, and just to find it is, is a fair bit of work. Um, so to be able to describe it and get something back right away is very appealing. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much I'd be willing to pay for that, but, um, if it was free, I would use the heck out of it. <laughs> Honestly, it, could, it might just be a search tool. Yeah, well, yeah, I could just search. Uh, but sometimes the the icons don't exist. Like there was one, uh, some one of the examples that he tweeted about was a phone, but with a Santa hat on it. And I thought that was that's kind of cool. Like to generate holiday themed icons for your for your UI yeah. to swap in at you know, December time or Halloween yeah. time or whatever. If you, yeah, if you don't have like a designer who can just illustrate icons. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so let me, let me pitch you this other idea that I have. And it's, it's probably something that, that is more code, code, code like. So one of the, one of the design tools that we use to share designs with the team, we're just, we were just trying it out. I'm not going to name it because, um, it's really early stage, and I, I just don't think we're going to use it, um, just because he. It's not that good. They don't deserve our shout out. <laughs> no, I just I don't want to. I don't want to get whatever. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it made it really easy to take the designs from Figma and share them with people and get comments on them, um, but it's a little bit pricey and whatever doesn't doesn't do quite what I want it to do, and it's kind of restrictive on the other end. Like once you get it out of Figma and into this platform, there's only so much you can do with it. So that gave me the idea of, and because I've been exploring a lot of Figma plugins, so that gave me the idea of uh, making a Figma plugin that all it does is take the uh, screenshots of the of the frames within Figma, so whatever your design is, um, which I, I presume is really easy to do because I've got all, like a bunch of APIs use this or a bunch of plugins use this functionality. So basically a plugin that lets you essentially ex not export, but like feed any Figma frame, any Figma design and get it out into no code. So take the image. So say we've got a, say we've got a, 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 a screen of a mobile, you know, a mobile login screen, for example. And I want to share that <laughs> login screen with a client. I want to like open this plugin, click on the frame and say, export export it. And rather than have it like go to my desktop and then I got to take that file and email it to the client or put it in something, um, I want to take it and have it drop into Notion. Or if I want to like wire it up to put it into a coded document or wire it up to like email. And so the plugin itself, all it does is give, give really easy access to other no-code platforms to be able to take that image or receive that image as, a, as an input to some other automation that, that has been built. Probably need some kind of backend though to be able to do that because I assume Figma client plugins run in the client. They, I think they do run in the client, but so some of the platforms like Make, for example, you can set up a webhook that you can call, and they give you keys and all that kind of stuff. And so you, I think you might be able to hook it up directly to something like Make if the webhook was was created, or we'd have to build some kind of Make integration as well. Um, I don't know how much server code we'd have to build, but um yeah anyways that's that's kind of like high level that's the idea what do you think of that thing i don't know i'm of the opinion that downloading a file and putting it somewhere is not that much work but it is not that much work but it's it happens here's the steps it is for me to 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 send uh send a file to a client 
I got to right click on the frame, go down to copy as a PNG or something. I can't remember what it is. I think I could command shift C once I click on it. But anyways, click on the frame, command shift C, um, copy it and then, or download it. I can't remember this, like another action, download it as a, as a file. And that puts it on my desktop. I got to do that again for every screen that I want to do. So that's like two, three clicks per screen. Um, and then once I have those files, then I've got to open up my email client or whatever thing. And it's probably the same person that I'm emailing to every single time. So I get open up my email client, type in their name or start to type in their name, pick their name from the dropdown. Uh, I still have to type in a little message. I have to type in a subject, probably have to type in an email and then I send it to them. And then when I get the response, um, it's only shared with me. It's not going to be shared with you. It's not going to be shared with someone else on the team. It's like a response that comes in an email to me. The other option is I paste it into Slack, um, but I still got to pick the right channel. But those like on the other side, once I've got that image out, um, picking picking where it needs to go is almost always the same per project, right? Like sometimes for a project, we share that stuff in Slack. Sometimes for a project, it's an email. Sometimes for a project, we dump it into a Notion document. I was hoping to be able to use this this new tool to be able to deal with all that, but it's it's just a little bit too restrictive for for what needs to happen. And it requires somebody to sign up. And some of them, I tried sharing it with some folks who are like really new to this whole world. And like, I'm not signing up for this. So like, I can't even share it with them. <laughs> yeah, it might be tricky to make a tool that's so flexible that it would let you do all those things. With That's the thing is it doesn't have to be flexible. All it has to do is exp- get it get it into a no-code platform like Make or Zapier or whatever. And then from there, I can wire it up, do whatever I need it to do. I get, yeah, but I guess then you still have to do that work of wiring up. And then I don't know, do you still have to click the button for every frame? Um, I'd, so the, the plugin that I was using, um, you, you still have to click each frame because you've got to select the frames, but you can do that like with a like dra- drag and select the whole, like do a big box. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to click the frame. But then once you've got the frame, you just open the plugin and go share this and then it gives you a drop down to which project do you want to share it to? I would love for it to be sort of automatic, like based on the based on the file that I'm in. But I just pick the pick the project that I'm in, and then it sends that to the project. So I think for a plugin, uh, I would just click on the frames and hit hit share inside the plugin, and it would just it would just send them because all of the all of the like routing and deciding where it needs to go is handled through my the, on the receiving end through make or zap here or whatever I say, okay, if it's coming from this, uh, this file or this project in the, in, in Figma, it needs to go to these people or it needs to drop into notion, or it needs to be sent into this Slack channel. And I just wire it all up myself. It's very niche. It's very niche. It only really mm. would make sense for designers who are comfortable working inside of no code. Super niche. Very niche. It's an idea for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's an idea. I feel like this is something that only benefits you. <laughs> it may only benefit me, but it would benefit me. Yeah. I just think it I, would not be a lot of work to build. I don't well, know. I don't know how Figma plugins work, but I think they're just React things. Yeah. And um, if we don't have to deal with a backend or much of a backend or much of a UI for that matter, um, it just makes things a little bit easier. Right. You know what? Maybe I'll build a landing page for it. 
and describe what it could do and see how many people sign up for it. <laughs> then we'll build yeah. it. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't oversell it though. Cause then we might have to build impossible features. No, I'm going to sell, like, I'm going to sell de magic. Auto detects which platform you want to send to based on how you're thinking. Yes. Yeah. It is true AI. One button that does exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> Be fun to try to make a Figma plugin, but I don't know. They all, most Figma plugins I see are silly. There's a lot of silly ones in there, but there's a lot of really awesome plugins. Yeah. Like I, stuff that, that, that's maybe a little too specific for, for me to actually use because I haven't really encountered some of the problems that they're trying to solve. Um, but there's some really, really powerful, powerful plugins in there. I, I use a bunch quite regularly. Like there's a there's an Unsplash plugin, which is just awesome. Like I just like mm. grab it images off an Unsplash. Like that's pretty obvious and pretty easy. Yeah. Um, I would love the same for uh, AI generated design or art to just like I need a I need an image of a person smiling there, and there are ones for that, isn't there? Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's plugins that do that. Actually, I, half I of the ones it. I see here are yeah AI things. <laughs> All right. Well, think about that some more. <laughs> yeah. It's just an idea I've written down. Maybe I'll maybe I'll build it. You, I mean, you could take a stab at it, learn some TypeScript while you're at it. I'm almost done learning my TypeScript. Almost yeah, done. <laughs> you only started like a week ago. Like learning, like reading the doc, like reading the doc. I'm just oh, reading okay. it right now just to get familiar okay. with things, and then I'm like, gonna, I'm I gonna try. I'm almost. I almost know TypeScript. I'm almost done. <laughs> I think that's how learning. I'm works. eighty percent of the way through acquiring <laughs> all of this knowledge. Uh, all right, you want to do uh, our outro? You've been listening to The Robot Factory. I've been your host, Caleb Sharp. And I've been your other host, Jonathan Bowers. Um, have a great holiday season, and we will talk to you next year. I guess, yeah. Well, Happy New Year! <laughs>